Today, we're going to be discussing Alex Jones. Now, I've always said that I have beef with anybody in the right wing who hypes up Alex when it's popular to do so, but stays quiet when it really matters. I always say to look at what is happening to Alex as an example of what's ahead for every single American. For example, Alex was censored off of every big tech platform, and then two years later, it was the sitting president of the United States. Now, something else that is currently going on with Alex that not too many people are discussing is his current defamation trial. Now, I truly do believe that this case will set the precedent for future cases to come, and I've invited constitutional lawyer Robert Barnes on the show to discuss this case. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. Now, typically we stick to the news and, uh, you know, I, I let you guys know what's going on in politics every single day, but I really wanted to dedicate an entire show to what is happening with Alex because it's very important. Now, outside of the courthouse, Alex discussed a little bit of what is going on inside. So let's hear from Alex in this 50 second clip before we bring on Mr. Barnes to, um, Talk to us about, again, all of these questions that we have regarding this case. So first, here's Alex. She found me guilty. She lied and said we didn't give them the discovery so she could have a show trial and tell the jurors eight times I've seen her, this man's guilty. So all of your rights to due process and trial by jury is being destroyed here in Austin, Texas. Austin is the second most famous city in America for judicial fraud. D.C. and Austin. For the Democratic Party have fully weaponized the judiciary to persecute people, just like Rick Perry, who they indicted for vetoing a bill. They indicted him. Or Tom DeLay. They've done this over and over again, and she hopes the jury doesn't learn what she's done. She even tried to sign a document saying we couldn't mention the First Amendment or say we're innocent. All I did was speculate and ask questions. I have a right to do that. It has been the lawyers, the Democratic Party, and the whole Sandy Hook anti-gun crew that has attached themselves to me for years. They've talked more in this trial about Sandy So there was Alex, and um, again, we're bringing on uh, lawyer Robert Barnes to discuss this case. But before we do, uh, I just want to read uh, from his own Twitter account some of his take on this. He says, hate Alex Jones all you want, but no one should welcome a trial that trampedes on the First Amendment, punishes speech about the Second Amendment, ignores due process under the Fifth Amendment, denies a trial by jury on truth under the Seventh Amendment, and violates attorney-client privilege. So welcome to the show, Robert Barnes. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, happy to be here. Great. So I just want to start off and ask for, uh, you know, some of the people who haven't been following this trial. Can you give us some of the key points and um, why we should be paying attention to this? Sure. So the media told a story about Alex Jones, which was that Alex Jones was the originator and instigator and principal person behind asserting that Sandy Hook never happened. And that this led to 75 million Americans believing this and that, and that he is being sued by people related to uh, victims of Sandy Hook uh, in it, uh, on claims of defamation and intentional infliction of emotional distress, and that he uh, didn't participate in any of the discovery, so the court issued a default judgment in both Connecticut and Texas, mm -hmm. and that that's why we're here. Problem is, almost that entire story is a lie. Alex Jones didn't initiate, instigate, or originate any of the people questioning Sandy Hook. That came from tens of millions of views of various... YouTube videos and Facebook and social media shared content. Indeed, if there was any number one order publisher or broadcaster of information questioning Sandy Hook, it was actually Google and YouTube. That, that's who did it more than anyone else and Facebook second. Uh, Alex Jones, through most of InfoWars history, 99.9% .9 of what InfoWars published or broadcast by any authorized employee or individual in InfoWars was that Sandy Hook happened. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson, as the evidence has come out in trial, was the editor-in-chief of InfoWars during that time period and was a harsh critic of anybody who questioned whether Sandy Hook happened. Alex Jones, through almost entire commentary, uh, acknowledged Sandy Hook happened. There was a brief period of time in which people asked him questions several years after Sandy Hook occurred where he raised questions about wh whether it happened or did. Based mm -hmm. on just those isolated statements is what they brought the suit on. But that is not what the media myth is. And so because there was this sort of fictional, fabricated, caricatured version of Alex Jones on trial, the, uh, the plaintiffs always had a problem and the courts always had a problem. The real evidence would show that most of the theories being pushed were not true. Alex Jones didn't profit or enrich himself off of Sandy Hook. Alex Jones was not the primary person questioning whether Sandy Hook happened. Alex Jones never disclosed anyone's 
private residential address. There's no documented evidence that I've seen that anybody connected uh, to the matter stalked or harassed people at the request of Alex Jones. All of that is myth. All of that is untrue. But they couldn't allow that mythical narrative to be challenged and contested by the evidence. So instead, they would uh, say, uh, do you pr produce your marketing plan that shows how you're going to profit from Sandy Hook? Well, it doesn't exist because it didn't happen. Uh, produce your the videos that YouTube uh, took down. Well, YouTube took them down, so you can't produce them. Uh, produce all the other videos about Sandy Hook, videos that don't exist. And, and, so and Mr. Burns, too, let me stop you here because this is such great information. But that's one of the key points I wanted to talk about as well, right? Um one of the big talking points from the left-wing media is saying that Alex didn't comply with discovery. Um, we're seeing, you know, how biased this judge has been, too. Uh, and before we even get to that question, can you explain to us, too, in layman's terms, how an actual trial is supposed to go? One of the questions that I have is... Um, uh, you know, a lot of people saying that Alex wasn't even given the right to a trial by jury. Can you explain that, that a little bit more for me? Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's because it's a civil case um, and you don't technically get the right to a jury for that. Is that correct? Can you explain that a little bit more for me? Uh, yeah. So both under the United States Constitution and under the Texas state constitution, you have a right to a trial by jury, not only in criminal cases, but in a wide range of civil cases, including the claims brought here. So it's undisputed and incontroverted that both under in Connecticut and in Texas, he's entitled to a trial by jury. So uh, the, the question is, why isn't he getting one? The, the court has denied him a trial by jury on the merits of the case, has also denied his ability to present exculpatory evidence in his favor, while allowing a wide range of evidence against him that doesn't appear to be relevant or pertinent or material at all to the case before the Texas jury. Mm -hmm. uh, that's because the judge in both Texas and Connecticut used a very rarely exercised judicial power, which is the power of default. The power of default is supposed to be reserved because of the constitutional right to trial by jury. That judicial usurpation of that right to trial by jury can only be allowed under extreme and exceptional circumstances. To give an example, a typical default judgment is where the party never appears. In other words, they never appear in the case. They don't make any pleadings. They don't make any arguments. They don't present any evidence. They don't produce any discovery. They literally never appear. Even in those cases, people are typically entitled when they do find out about the case or appear late in the case to actually still have trial by jury. In this case, Alex Jones produced more discovery than any like defendant ever has. Compare it to seeing what CNN has produced uh, in the Project Veritas cases. Compare it to what New York Times has produced in either the Sarah Palin or Project Veritas cases. Alex Jones has sat himself for hundreds of hours of deposition testimony. On average, you only get one day of eight hours of deposition testimony in a case from a party. He has sat for hundreds of hours himself. The people connected in fours have sat for hundreds of hours more. They produce more than a million pages of documents, text, emails, videos, published broadcasts. They produced more discovery than anybody in a light case I've ever heard of. And yet the courts pretended that he had not participated in discovery. They pretended that he had not produced information. They pretended that he had not sat for depositions, all of which was utterly false. Why? Because the entire story against him is false. It's a fake narrative. I've called it, and apparently my evidence was presented in court today, but only a part of it, which yeah. is I said this is a scripted case. And the reason why I say it's a scripted case is because the judge is only allowing one side of the story to be told, often allowing a side of the story that's not even relevant to the particular case in front of the jury to be told. Mm -hmm. And people are seeing what uh, others have referred to as, uh, well, it would be embarrassing even for the Soviet Union to present this as a show trial. That is how bad this trial has been. The judge has been that openly partisan. The people that are cheering on the destruction of Alex Jones are saying they really like the fact that the judge is really uh, taking it to Alex Jones. They're admitting and acknowledging that the judge is anti-Alex Jones. And, and let me stop you right there, too, Mr. Barnes, because, again, just for those of us who may not have a basic understanding of how the law works, how our judicial system should work, is the judge supposed to be impartial or is the judge supposed to be biased towards, uh, you know, the, the defendant in any way, shape or form? What typically should the, ju the judge's role be? The judge is both supposed to substantively actually be impartial and be perceived as such. It's important to the court system that the court that a judge present that fact. So the best way to understand a judge for those folks out there that have ever watched a sports game, the judge is the referee. The judge is the umpire. 
not supposed to be favoring either side, supposed to be neutrally and impartially applying the rules. Indeed, this judge got elected in Austin, Texas, promising people that she would be completely open, that they would always, to all sides, that she would always have a fair hearing in her court, and that she would be completely neutral in application. Anyone who's watched these proceedings cannot come to that conclusion about how she's behaved in this case. It has been an embarrassment through the Texas judicial system. It has been an embarrassment to the rule of law. It has been an embarrassment to anyone who cares about constitutional liberty. And just to give a sort of summation snapshot of the constitutional rights that are being implicated here, those people that hate Alex Jones, you're free to hate him. But the grounds by they are using against him will come for you next, as was the case in the censorship context. His First Amendment rights of expression, association, and press have all been violated. His rights to speak about the Second Amendment right of self-defense has been violated. His Fourth Amendment rights to privacy and his information has been violated. His Fifth Amendment rights to due process have been violated at an unprecedented, unparalleled scale. Denied rights to bring motions to dismiss, rights to appeal, rights to bring a motion in any slap motion, rights to bring motions for summary judgment, rights to appeal those motions, all at some level in some court denied completely to him. Sixth Amendment rights to confront those who are accusing him and right, meaningful rights to counsel. His attorney-client privilege has apparently also been flagrantly violated, both by the court and the plaintiffs today, plaintiffs' lawyers. And his Seventh Amendment right to a trial by, by jury, which includes a civil action under the U.S. Constitution applicable to the states through the 14th Amendment and is specifically outlined. All those same rights are included in the Texas state constitution, sometimes even broader and more robust than the federal one. All of them have been violated in the case of Alex Jones. And again, too, just to kind of recap the beginnings of this trial. So what you're telling me is this judge already very biased towards Alex Jones basically declared that he was guilty. And we're essentially I mean, is this even would you even consider this a trial or is this essentially just like a hearing regarding damages and the jury deciding what his punishment is going to be? That's what it's purporting to be. But 90 percent of the evidence has had nothing to do with damages caused uh, caused or suffered by the plaintiffs. That gives you an idea how nuts it is. And right. the reason is this. They have an, uh, the film production crew that produced Leaving Neverland has three movie cameras set up in the courtroom. One of the movie cameras appears to be staring down the jury. Mm. These, and what's happening is it's basically the case is becoming the script for their future movie documentary. And, and, and let me stop you on that point, because that's an incredible point. And I do want to read this tweet for you, uh, Mr. Barnes, and have you respond to it as well. Uh, I know we have a limited amount of time, but I do want to talk about how, you know, you're kind of guiding into the precedent that this is going to set for the future. But Mike Cernovich actually tweeted out, Alex Jones precedent means if you don't accept the Vegas shooting explanation, then FBI agents can sue you because you're calling them liars by implication. Conservative media doesn't seem to care. They aren't saying a word on the due process violations in the Jones case. So, you know, again, let's lead into this. What are the future implications for, uh, I guess, every single American with how this case is being handled? Well, to give an example, an FBI agent is one of the plaintiffs in Connecticut suing Alex Jones for challenging the Sandy Hook narrative. I mean, that's, so we don't have to imagine it. We're witnessing it. Mm -hmm. And the goal is basically if you if you look at the legal theory, because in this historically constitutionally in America, all the way back to New York Times versus Sullivan. You've had the requirement that you must, in order to be sued within the First Amendment, you must identify a specifically identified individual and you must make a specific factual claim about that individual that is knowingly false if they're a public figure or is uh, negligently false if they're a private actor. In this particular case, the people suing him had been very high profile in public, yet the courts pretended that they were private. But not only that, he never talked about any of the people suing him by name ever. Historically, that means constitutionally, it's called colloquium under the Constitution. People can research the New York Times versus Sullivan case for this component, because the last time the court systems were weaponized in this way, uh, in, in, at this level, was the 1950s, 1960s courts of the Deep South, which was police officials using the weaponizing the legal system to go after civil rights activists and press who were raising dissident issues about the way in which civil rights was being handled in the pre-civil rights era South. And they were getting huge verdicts. And the courts realized this is an abuse of First Amendment privileges, and we got to put a stop to it. That's what New York Times versus Sullivan was really all about. Mm -hmm. Here, they're reversing all of that. They have said that anybody can sue Alex Jones for simply questioning in, in a governmental official narrative. It goes way past 
whether or not Sandy Hook happened in any statements he made by, like that. It, it's did you raise any questions about Sandy Hook? Did you question whether anybody else was involved? Did you question whether any other culprit could be identified? If you said any of those things, now a person who feels offended by those things can sue you. And you look at and you, they can sue you in a in a politicized jurisdiction that has a jury pool and a judicial pool filled with judges who hate you because of your politics. That's what's happening in Connecticut. That's what's happening in Austin in Travis County. And so the precedent is anybody they're trying to make it illegal to voice conspiracy, what they call conspiracy theories, period. This would allow them to have sued doctors who raised questions about the official narrative concerning covid vaccines. Mm -hmm concerning mask mandates, concerning lockdowns. This, like if you're a Kennedy uh, assassination person and you don't believe it was just Lee Harvey Oswald, under this theory, you could be sued into bankruptcy too. Well, and, and that's what a lot like of people are talking about as well, right? The example of there's a lot of 9-11 truthers who believe that the government was involved in 9-11 in some way, shape or form. And they're saying, well, this technically sets the precedent for you to be sued if you're questioning any government, uh, what they call, again, conspiracy. Keep in mind, this is the same government that wrote out Operation Northwoods, the actual plan to potentially get us into war with Cuba. Um, another big thing that came out of the trial today was this clip. It has almost 10 million views. Um, and of course, the left is clapping their hands and they're cheering about the fact that I guess Alex's lawyers accidentally sent over his entire phone, entire digital, I guess, records here. I just want to play about 45 seconds of this clip and then get your response to that, Mr. Barnes. So you did get my text messages, and it said you didn't. Nice trick. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones, did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years, and when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protect it in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave them my phone. and then, Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. No, I, did you know I, this happened? No, I don't know. So I just want your response to this, Mr. Barnes, from a legal perspective. I mean, explain to us, was this an even a legal thing for them to even do? Isn't the prosecution always supposed to give all evidence to the defense as well? Like, how does that work? So uh, what happened here is the plaintiff's counsel admitted a extraordinary breach of his own ethical duties and obligations. Under the law, it is very common in the legal profession that a lawyer receives information they're not supposed to get, that the other lawyer sends it to them by accident, by some means. Your ethical duty, and this has been well established now for a long time, is to not look at it, to, to delete it from your own files and send it back and give them notice of that. There is no evidence by what he said in court that he in fact did that. By his own admission, he got it by accident. By his own admission, Alex Jones was unaware of it. Well, in the attorney-client privilege context, your lawyer cannot waive your attorney-client privilege. Only the client can waive that privilege. So what he's admitting is that he is illegally accessed, illegally seized, illegally obtained, and now illegally using information that he obtained. Now, I would note that the media is trying to make it sound like this big moment. There was no evidence that Alex Jones committed any form of perjury at all. The only things they were able to produce and pull up was some text he got that wasn't concerning Sandy Hook that just used the words Sandy Hook. By the way, look up how many Sandy Hooks there are in America. So that that is not perjury of any kind at any time. And then otherwise was talking about emails. You know, Alex, Alex doesn't use email. So they're like, <laughs> well, you know, someone else has emails that uh, have, you know, that, that may be on your phone somewhere. So what? Alex mm -hmm. Jones, I've never received an email from Alex Jones in his life. And uh, I knew that if I sent an email that might go to someone associated with him, chances of him reading it were somewhere between nil and zil. So the idea that, oh, they caught Alex Jones is made up. It's another fabricated fictional media story by the uh, plaintiff's lawyers who are willing to lie, cheat, and steal quite literally to try to win a case and to try to suppress First Amendment freedoms in America.
And then, too, we see the media complicit in this as well, just spreading these lies about Alex. Uh, you know, this came out from the AP today. Alex Jones concedes that Sandy Hook attack was 100 percent real. Uh, and again, just wrapping up with you now, Mr. Barnes, it's so sad to see how the media has been allowed to basically rewrite Alex's whole character and say that he has profited off of Sandy Hook. And it's something that he's consistently talking about. Um, again, what would your message be, I guess, to Americans that are watching this case, specifically those that might not even agree with or like Alex Jones? Um, you know, as they watch this case, can you explain to us why this is not something to cheer on, even if they do view Alex as this horrific villain? Can you explain to us, like, again, really just the repercussion of such a biased judicial system? If uh, they if plaintiffs had any confidence, if the plaintiffs' lawyers and the courts had any confidence that the allegations against Alex were true, then they would not need to resort to these extraordinary mechanisms of denying him the opportunity to present evidence on his own behalf, to cross-examine his accusers, to be able to have an impartial jury, to be able to have the same First Amendment protection that CNN has afforded, that all the media defendants just dismissed from the Nicholas Sandman case were afforded. Why isn't Alex Jones being given the same rights as everyone else if on the factual merits their story was true. The consequence of the Alex Jones case is going to be just like what happened when Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram removed Alex Jones. A lot of people said, I'm not Alex Jones, so I'm not worried. And two years later, the president of the United States was removed from all of them. So that's where the world is going. They are trying to make it illegal to second guess official institutional narratives and to be able to sue you into bankruptcy if you do so. And that is a threat to all of our freedoms. And they're doing so in a manner that deprives them of fundamental rights to trial by jury and due process of law that should concern anybody that ever has to go into the court system. So today, once again, Alex Jones is everybody and everybody is Alex Jones. And if we don't defend him, it's our own rights that will be forfeited by the end. Wonderfully said, Mr. Barnes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, please tell people where they can follow you as well, because you have been one of the only people uh, and, you know, one of the last voices on Twitter as well that has been following this case and kind of splicing through all of the actual disinformation that has been put out by the media. Where can people follow you? Sure. At vivabarneslaw.locals.com is the one-stop shop where they can find any information. And I'm at Barnes underscore law on Twitter. All right. Well, special thanks to Robert Barnes for coming on the show and explaining all of that for us today. Uh, thank you so much. You were great. And I'm really glad that, you know, we were able to hear from the actual perspective of a lawyer what is going on with Alex's case, because the media boldface lying about all of this. Again, that AP headline, Alex Jones concedes Sandy Hook attack was 100 percent real. I worked for Alex myself for two and a half years. And every single time he talked about Sandy Hook, it was either to apologize about the claims that were made or to say that yes he is fully aware that it was real and it's just so crazy to me that the media has been allowed to absolutely destroy and slander this man for the entirety of his uh, you know foreseeable life now and um all of the the fake news that's coming out of this trial has been horrendous to watch kyle griffin who's an msnbc producer says conspiracy theorist Alex Jones finally admits what we've known all along. Sandy Hook was 100% real. And again, this is a complete and utter lie. It has over 40,000 likes. And so the media in themselves perpetuating this false narrative that doesn't exist and still trying to turn Alex Jones into this bad guy. I truly do feel like a lot of this is, of course, politically motivated because Alex has been at the forefront of exposing a lot of government corruption. Alex exposed Bohemian Grove. He's talked about government plans, government cover-ups, all of the lies that have been pushed towards us. He called his organization InfoWars because he understands that we are in an information and propaganda war. And one of the things as well with Alex that I've always looked up to him for is the fact that he he does when he makes a mistake, comes forward and corrects the record, which is something that we never see from the radical left wing media. Alex knew that he was wrong with Sandy Hook. He came forward. He apologized. He tried to correct the record. But unfortunately for him, he was censored and silenced off of the entire uh, big tech platforms. OK, again, YouTube, Apple. Instagram, Facebook, take your pick. So on top of them slandering him and basically getting to dictate who he was, uh, they deleted him off the face of the earth so he was not able to stand up for himself and get the truth out similar to what's happening with this case right now. And I titled the episode of the show Why You Should Care About the Alex Jones Trial. And the reason why we should care is just like 
Robert Barnes said. He said that everyone is Alex Jones, okay? What's happening to Alex right now with how his trial is being handled, how the judge is acting towards him in his case, the rights that and the due process violations that he is experiencing is something that we should all be upset about and very aware of. It's something that we all need to to, to look at and understand is coming for each and every single one of us. Because it is the corrupt government, and I was thinking about this the other day, that once you truly decide to tell the truth in society and you decide to go head-to-head with a lot of these big organizations, the corrupt government, you're in for a world of pain. I was thinking about this. I was like, wow, I'm banned off of Twitter at 23 years old. That's supposed to be, you know, the beginnings of my career, snuffed out very early on because I had the audacity to tell the truth regarding my reporting on the streets of America. And again, I'm not trying to compare myself to Alex Jones in any way, shape, or form because what he has been through is such a bigger battle than almost anybody here in America has had to face in regards to being censored and, you know, pushing back for free speech and fighting for free speech and his constitutional right and his voice, essentially, his career, his employees fighting for his organization. But it's just sad to me that when you do decide to go head to head with a lot of the corruption, you are going to be met with a barrage of people trying to take you down. And it is the federal government that will be the biggest benefactor of Alex Jones being silenced because he has exposed their corruption for decades at this point. He has called out politicians. He was the inspiration for so many journalists and political commentators like myself or Alex Stein that actually go out onto the streets of America, even Drew Hernandez, very bold, very loud, go out onto the streets of America, hold politicians accountable. He created an entire new genre of political commentary. And he was exposing again, like all of the chemicals that are being pumped into our air and water supply via our government. He talks about all of these things that were once conspiracy, but ended up coming true. And like I said, so many in the right wing will say, oh, Alex Jones is right put more money in my Alex Jones's right jar when it's politically advantageous for them. But then when it's not as popular to defend Alex Jones, then they're silent on the matter. So I wanted to be sure to talk about this trial because like I opened up the show with, look to Alex Jones today for what your future tomorrow looks like. Because what has happened to Alex, he's always the test case. He's continuously the test case for censorship, for eroding our constitutional rights, uh, for eroding our due process rights, all of that. Uh, I, again, when it comes to legal jargon, I'm not the the you know most sharp on that because I didn't go to school to be a lawyer. And I'm still learning a lot of this as I go on, which is why I wanted to bring Robert Barnes on to discuss that. Um, If you guys are just tuning in, he was an incredible guest and I would highly encourage you to listen to the entirety of what he said regarding this trial. Whether you love Alex Jones or hate him, understand what will be coming for you if you question the government. Because at the end of the day and at the core of it, that I really do feel like is a big portion of this, that Alex Jones had the audacity to uh, question the government, question federal officials uh, regarding you know, what happened to the parents and their children, uh, that in itself was horrific. And it said what happened, but um, we should be allowed to question things. We really should. Alex Jones did that after seeing what happened with the Uvalde shooting. And I, I could understand now after watching that happen, watching the police response, watching the media, you know, not even know how to report on this situation. I could understand why somebody would want to question something like that. So again, this ties back to calling out a corrupt government, the same government, like I pointed out earlier, that um, wanted to provoke war with Cuba via Operation Northwoods. I've, I've talked about this before, but for those of you who might not know what I'm talking about when I say this, this is our government, okay? This is from ABC News back in 2001. Okay, in the early 1960s, America's top military leaders reportedly drafted plans to kill innocent people and commit acts of terrorism in U.S. cities to create public support for war against Cuba. Codenamed Operation Northwoods, the plans reportedly included the possible assassination of Cubans, sinking boats of Cuban refugees on the high seas, hijacking planes, blowing up a U.S. ship and even orchestrating violent terrorism in U.S. cities. The plans were developed as a way to trick the American public and international community into supporting a war to oust Cuba's leader, Fidel Castro. 
Castro. America's top military brass even contemplated causing U.S. military casualties, writing, we could blow up a U.S. ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba and casualty lists in U.S. newspapers would cause a helpful wave of national indignation. So this is the same government that lied us into multiple wars, okay? We can talk about the Gulf of Tonkin in Vietnam. We can talk about a majority of the wars that we were lied into very recently, mind you, and understand why it is important for people to be able to to question our corrupt government and why people even do question our government. Uh, Cernovich also put out another tweet about the Pulse nightclub shooting. He said, remember that Pulse nightclub shooter had been interviewed by the FBI after co-workers called police over threats. The DOJ declined to prosecute. Turns out the shooter's dad was an FBI informant. We only know this as prosecutors accidentally included it in a case file they turned over. And how many cases have we seen of school shooters who were questioned by the FBI, who were alerted to by the FBI or, you know, their friends and family members alerted the FBI that, hey, this person kind of looks like a red flag. Like maybe we should just, you know, check this person out. They go and they shoot up a school. That's happened multiple times. And again, you know, you could get into a whole entire thing with that. We're not getting into that right now. Going back to Cernovich, though, it is a fact that the FBI could have stopped the Pulse massacre, but they chose not to arrest, lied until caught, and then moved on to lying about other stuff. That's why Alex Jones exists. If government didn't lie with the help of media, he'd be obsolete. And that's the point right there. If it wasn't for our corrupt government that continues to lie to us, then yeah, Alex Jones wouldn't have the career that he has. He wouldn't be wildly popular, but he absolutely is because he is truly the one person who cares enough about this country to tell the truth. He's not afraid of censorship. He's gone to bat against politicians, against this corrupt government, against literal pedophile Satanists, okay? He exposed Bohemian Grove. He has talked about so many issues that the mainstream refuses to even touch, and he's always the first one to report on a majority of issues. And then, you know, literally a year later, it's like, oh, yeah, now the mainstream is going to talk about the U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine or Jeffrey Epstein. So I wanted to talk about his case at the beginning of the show, to paint the picture for you guys as to why the media and why the left wing want people like Alex Jones censored. Now, Project Veritas has their newest leak from an FBI whistleblower. Now, apparently, the FBI has updated their domestic terrorism symbols guide on militia violent extremists, citing Ashley Babbitt as an MVE martyr. Leaked documents labeled as unclassified law enforcement sensitive, that is for FBI internal use only, um, said that under symbols, category of the document 2A is listed with the following explanation, MVEs, which stand for Militia Violent Extremists, justify their existence with the Second Amendment due to the mention of a well-regulated militia as well as the right to bear arms. So the Second Amendment the FBI is now trying to tie to terrorism. In the document, the FBI cites symbols, images, phrases, events, and individuals that agents should look out for when identifying alleged domestic terrorists. And there are those documents for you there. Uh, of note, under the symbol section is a prominent citation of the Second Amendment. Right below that, under the commonly referenced historical imagery and quote section, revolutionary war images such as the Gadsden flag and the Betsy Ross flag are listed, uh, each flag displaying in the document with a brief description of what they mean. Under the common phrases and references section of the leaked document, Ashley Babbitt is cited as a person that MVEs consider to be a martyr. The same document also refers to Ruby Ridge, Waco, and even Timothy McVeigh tying in in a traditional American ideas and symbols with radical and or violent events in the past. And you might hear me read this story and say, okay, well, you know, it's just um, a potential terrorist symbol. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal because I want you to understand that the government has been trying to turn their political opponents at this point into domestic terrorists. And when I say political opponents, I mean Americans, red-blooded Americans who want their Second Amendment rights that do not want the government impeding in their personal and private lives. They don't want the government spying on them and surveilling them. They do not want to live in a society where they are living in a pod and eating bugs. They know that the government lies to us. And I have talked about this so many times about how the government... Um, it was, I believe, the DHS, yep, that updated their terrorism bulletin back in February of this year. Do not forget this. And um, one of their 
summaries of terrorism threats was the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in government institutions. So our own Department of Homeland Security now saying that if you sow distrust in the government, if you question the government, if the same government, by the way, that lied to you about COVID for the past two years and locked you down and destroyed your lives and careers, the same government that during the prohibition was poisoning alcohols that they knew was, was going to be resold to the public were upwards of 10,000 people died because they wanted to stop people from illegally drinking. Yeah, our government has killed people in the past to try to force them to do what they want. But guess what? That's not what this country was founded upon. And we should all be very aware and very mindful of the fact that our DHS is doing this to us. This article is from Red State from back in 2021, just to again, go through this whole entire vault of evidence that these intelligence agencies and our government are trying to, again, label freedom-loving Americans as domestic terrorists. Remember that back in um, August of 2021, during COVID, potential terror threats were opposition to COVID measures, claims of election fraud, um, 9-11 anniversary and religious holiday, the questioning 9-11. So, um, they put this out ahead of the 9-11 anniversary. So that's what that third one is. Um, but remember that this was played on NBC News. And this was our own Department of Homeland Security saying that if you oppose the COVID-19 lockdown measures, which now that it's two years later and everyone kind of forgot because our economy is failing right now under Joe Biden and everybody's distracted by that. Um, yeah, people opposed those COVID measures because their lives were ruined over them. Children were committing suicide. The uptick in alcohol and drug use rose exponentially because people were having a horrible time and the government psychologically tortured people and fear mongered for two years over COVID-19 and they're still doing it to this day. So the government really trying their hardest to label anybody who opposes them, who questions them, who pushes back against their political narrative and what they want to be deemed as truth as a domestic terrorist. Understand what Alex Jones's case sets the precedent for. Whether you love him or whether you hate him, what the government is trying to do right now is send a message to every single American that, hey, maybe you shouldn't question this or that. And again, too, you know, many of you can argue, well, this is more about defamation, this or that. But the reason why at the core of it, the left wants Alex Jones completely shut down and silenced is because he's effective. It's because back in 20 2014 and for decades he's been reporting on stuff like this FBI terror report militia sovereign citizens greater threat that threat than Islamic terrorists and this comes from the Washington Free Beacon where they're basically claiming that militia members and sovereign citizens are among those aspire to carry out violent attacks yet it only indirectly mentions Islamic terrorism in a footnote describing other types of domestic extremism not included in the report so Infowars and Alex Jones have been reporting on this type of government corruption for decades and that is why the not only the left wing, but the media. That's why government officials have called to have Alex Jones silenced. That's why they say that he's dangerous because his speculations turn out to be true because the government is that corrupt that they really are out here experimenting on human pig chimeras and trying to create human organs in these weird scientific experiments. The majority of what Alex has talked about has come to light to be true. And again, who was one of the first people reporting on Jeffrey Epstein? Who was one of the first people talking about these pedophile rings in our own government? It was Alex Jones. And that's why they want him silenced. They want everybody afraid to be able to question the government. They don't want people, they don't want journalists. They don't want real journalism. They don't want truth to get out anymore. In 2022, truth no longer exists. And it's an exhausting battle every single day, and it is, is psychological warfare. The government is targeting us every single day with psychological warfare via the media they're pushing out on us, via the lies that they're propagating every single day and pretending is the truth. The fact that Joe Biden is tweeting out that gas prices are falling uh, at, at the fastest rate that they have in a decade, it's like, homeboy, gas is still $3.50 to $4 per gallon nationwide. Under Donald Trump, we hit gas at a little bit over a dollar. It was like a dollar to 250 was the national average under Donald Trump, a little bit over a dollar. Uh, you know, if I'm being factually correct here, let's be credible. 
with what I'm reporting to you guys. But the point of all of this is if you see how bold-faced the government lies to us right now, they know that what they're talking about regarding the recession is not true. They know that they're lying to us, but they know that they can get away with it. And they know that the people aren't going to push back. And they know the people aren't going to push back because they have made an example of those who have. For example, number one, Alex Jones. Example number two, all of the January 6th defendants who are currently rotting in jail because they were politically persecuted against by our government. Now, I'm probably going to butcher her name. Uh, Ayn Rand wrote this almost 60 years ago. She was a writer and a philosopher. Um, and she wrote this almost 60 years ago. And it states, when you see that trading is done not by consent, but by compulsion, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, when you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods, but in favors, when you see that men get richer by graft and by pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you, when you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. And let me reread that last sentence for you, because I think it is one of the most important here. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. And honesty is something and truth is something that people have had to give up their entire careers for in this space. I've experienced intense censorship for telling the truth. The majority of my friends have had their lives ruined, their careers ruined. They've been locked out of their bank accounts. Look, look at what is happening and what happened to the people in Canada who pushed back against Justin Trudeau and his unconstitutional lockdowns of the people. He deemed them domestic terrorists and he locked them up because that is what corrupt governments do. And that's why they want Alex Jones silenced. So he cannot expose them anymore because he is one of the most effective people at getting that done. That's why the censorship of people go hand in hand with their, expose, their exposure of corruption. I was reading this tweet today. Graduates of MIT, Harvard, Stanford, etc., all experts in their field of medicine and or science, all censored by some millennial with a keyboard opting to protect big pharma's products and profits over expert voices of reason. Truly shameful times that we're living in. And then it's just all of these screenshots of medical doctors who spoke out against the COVID lockdowns, against masking people up, against the vaccine. And this person puts it best that it, it really is some millennial behind a keyboard that is silencing medical professionals because it goes against what big pharma and the government want. From the Daily Caller, just to, again, further highlight the lies and the inversion of our reality and the propaganda that we're being targeted with every single day. Orwellian Hellscape top economist says Facebook fact-checked recession claim to cover for the White House. A top economist slammed Facebook's Orwellian fact-checking system after he was given a partly false rating for stating the U.S. entered a recession. Dr. Philip Magnus, the research and education director at the American Institute for Economic Research, shared a screenshot of a recent post from July 24th that Facebook decided to fact-check. Independent fact-checkers reviewed the photo and said it was partially false, the fact-check read. Facebook added a notice to the post. It called the fact-check Orwellian, saying that uh, Facebook is now fact-checking anyone who questions the White House's word games about the definition of a recession. So we are now living in a time where a top economist at the American Institute for Economic Research can't even talk about how we're currently living in a recession as it is happening. Now, let's also look to the COVID-19 vaccine, which our own government, our own CDC, the World Health Organization told us was safe, effective, would stop the spread of COVID-19 for those who got the vaccine. Keep in mind, Joe Biden just tested positive for the second time in less than two weeks with COVID, and he is taking Pfizer's uh, pill treatment for COVID-19, and he's also quadruple vaccinated. So he's taking Paxlovid, and then he's quadruple vaccinated got COVID twice in less than two weeks. And then anybody who pushed back against the government 
that was pushing that fake narrative on us was censored and silenced and targeted. I've been playing for you guys the testimonials from vaccine-injured people because they are coming out in floods. Let's listen to one now, another American who had her life ruined forever because she listened to the government and she listened to the lies of the same people who, who again, are trying to label you as a domestic terrorist because you want to expose them and call out their lies. Listen to her story. I was asked to reply to a comment. What do I think of people who refuse the vaccine, the COVID vaccine? Um, I've been hurt by the Pfizer vaccine. I have CIDP, chronic inflammation demyelination polyneuropathy. It's changed my life completely. If I had to do it all over again, I would have never got the vaccine. Um, I do work in healthcare. So I do work with patients. So where I work, we were told, you know, if you get the vaccine, you'll save lives. You won't get sick. You won't die. The media was saying the same thing. So I believed it. We would have cookouts and things like that with my friends. I had a lot of friends that are unvaccinated and they still aren't vaccinated. We'd have cookouts, and at first I was scared to go go there because I thought, oh my gosh, what if they're spreading COVID? It was like the dumbest thing I've ever thought of now that I think of it. Um, and once I started hanging out with them and things, they weren't getting sick. And the ones that did get sick, they got COVID lightly. They were back on their way. I had already gotten my vaccine. I had already started having issues and seeing a neurologist. I totally have changed my mind. They were the smart ones. They were the ones that didn't wear the masks. They were the ones that hung around each other and <laughs> never caught it, never spread it. Some of the ones did get vaccinated because of their jobs. But the ones that aren't, I totally commend you and I wish I was one of you. I think very highly of you. And I'm up upset with myself. No job is worth it. No job. So yet another person whose life was permanently altered because of the lies the government pushed on us for two years because of the fear porn and the propaganda that they forced into people's minds as they forced them to stay home over a virus with an over 99% survival rate. Their lives are permanently ruined. And this is the same government that is trying to deem you a domestic terrorist if you sow disinformation or distrust in the government. This is our government right here. It's from Joe Biden today. He's on a phone call alone in his office with a face mask on because science. He said, this morning I held a secure phone call with my national security team discussing a wide range of priorities, including the United States support of a free and open Indo-Pacific and our continued support for Ukraine in response to Putin's war. So they're still pushing up this BS Ukraine nonsense and still trying to send more money to Ukraine to try to distract from, and instead of even focusing in on the issues that are impacting us here at home, Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, the New York Times calling it utterly reckless and also throwing Zelensky completely under the bus. I just want to read this to you guys because I haven't really been giving you updates on what's been going on between Russia and Ukraine, but um, an update here. The timing could not be any worse. The Ukraine war is not over. And privately, U.S. officials are a lot more concerned about Ukraine's leadership than they are letting on. There is deep mistrust between the White House and Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, considerably more than has been reported. And there's funny business going on in Kiev. On July 17th, Zelensky fired his country's prosecutor general and the leader of its domestic intelligence agency, the most significant shakeup in his government since the Russian invasion in February. It would be the equivalent of Biden firing Merrick Garland and Bill Burns on the same day. 
But I have still not seen any reporting that convincingly explains what that was all about. It is if we don't want to look too closely under the hood in Kiev for fear of what corruption or antics we might see when we've invested so much there. But the danger's on that for another day. So the New York Times even having to call out the corruption in Ukraine, remember that they tried to impeach Donald Trump because he tried to find out the corrupt business dealings in Ukraine between Hunter and Joe Biden. Just complete ridiculousness from our government. Complete corruption to the point where the New York Times is even having to call it out now. Now, that's one of many examples. Like I said, I'm kind of just throwing like little small subsets of what we are being faced with in society today. And, you know, an example of why our government should be held accountable and always questioned. COVID-19 vaccine, that woman's life being ruined. Alex Jones not even getting his right to due process, a proper trial. The fake definition of recession that the White House is trying to push out. The fact that we have George Soros funding corrupt district attorneys across our nation and turning America into a criminal a crime-infested hellhole, a criminal's playground, if you will. This is another issue we should be focused in on. The fact that all of these DAs are destroying our country. Let me play you some B-roll while I read you this article from the New York Post. So this is a video of NYPD. And they're making an arrest in an inner-city neighborhood And I just want to give you an example of how emboldened criminals in the United States in 2022 have become. The police are trying to arrest this individual, and then a mob of others start running up, kicking these police officers, throwing things at them, cursing at them. Entire mob. And who is funding the DAs that are allowing this type of criminal activity to prosper on our streets? It's George Soros. This is an article from the New York Post. George Soros vows he won't stop backing woke DAs despite urban crime spikes. Left-wing billionaire George Soros insisted Monday that soft-on-crime district attorneys he's back to the tunes of millions of dollars are making the criminal justice system more effective and just. He published an op-ed amid backlash against lax district attorneys that led San Francisco voters to recall DHS Abudin over spikes in shoplifting, open-air drug dealing, and broad daylight assaults, often against Asian Americans. Down the coast in Los Angeles, another recall effort is targeting DA George Gaspon, who got nearly $3 million in campaign funds from Soros. So, you know, as I'm reading this article, you're watching this video, and that is what George Soros-funded district attorneys are allowing to prosper on the streets of America every single day. And then Joe Biden's going to tell you, well, we need to take away your guns. The left wing is going to tell you, well, we need to take away the guns of the domestic terrorist Americans who have the audacity to protect themselves against the real criminals and terrorists on the streets of America every single day. And those are the same people being let out by these corrupt DAs funded by George Soros. So this man sending millions to all of these corrupt district attorneys are cities plunging further and further into a dystopian crime-filled nightmare. The definition of definition being changed. We still don't know the origins of COVID. We still don't hold anybody accountable for the lockdowns and people's lives being destroyed. And then, you know, add more on top of that. Our children are being targeted with the transgender propaganda right now. I want to play a video of you of a mother who posted this video to a group of parents of trans kids seeking confirmation um, on whether or not her one-year-old son might be a girl or a boy. So it's just like, this is such a horrific clip. And I want you to listen to on top of everything else we're being hit with the people who have been brainwashed and effectively targeted with this propaganda now raising up and targeting the next generation. Listen. Hey, are you my boy? Hey, are you my boy? 
So that is a video of a one-year-old child and his mother is like, are you my boy? Are, are, you, are you a boy? Like questioning, asking a one-year-old if they're a boy or a girl. And watching this video made my heart sink because it's disgusting to me that these parents are allowed to confuse their child to the point of self-mutilation. And we have the assistant health secretary, Rachel Levine, which is a man parading around as a woman, coming forward in front of our entire country, more bold-faced lies about how transgender surgery for children is life-saving and medically necessary. No, it's absolutely not. And again, just to give you guys a great example of how this ideology is trendy, which is why so many children are latching onto it with the pronouns and all of this nonsense. Demi Lovato, who is 27 years old, okay? She used to go by they, them pronouns. She's since switching to she, her pronouns again from the Gateway Pundit. Here we go again. Former Disney star Demi Lovato changes her mind and uses she, her pronouns again. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine. Now, many of you say, okay, I don't give a damn about Demi Lovato. But what I want to highlight with this is if a 27-year-old couldn't even circumvent the brainwashing propaganda of the trans, they, them nonsense ideology, how do you think? A one-year-old child, how do you think second, third, fourth graders are going to be able to push back against that propaganda? They're not. They're being brainwashed right now. And even 27-year-old Demi Lovato already reverting back to being a female because she is a female. She's not a they-them. Just like Bryson Gray loves to say, if you're a they, then you must be demon-possessed if you're a plural. There's no they, thems. It's she, her, or he, him. That's it. We're confusing children in society today. And like I talked about in my last show, a society founded upon lies will crumble. And that's what we're seeing in the modern day. We're seeing our society absolutely degrade to the point where we're pushing children to mutilate their bodies over this fake propaganda that they're going to change their mind about in a year or two. Demi Lovato barely came out as a they, them, I think a year ago, maybe two years ago. This is a very new thing for her. She already switched back. She's 27 years old. She couldn't even get over the brainwashing and propaganda. She couldn't even think clearly for herself. And this is what we're targeting children with via the use of our corrupt government. Are you kidding me? The president of the United States coming forward saying that transgender surgeries for kids medically necessary. It's disgusting. And while all of that is going on, we, we have to remember the border too, right? We have to remember the border where the cartel is making $13 billion a year via Joe Biden. This is from, again, the New York Times, who's having to tell the truth now because the border is getting so bad. The border is so horrific right now that Eric Adams, Democrat mayor of New York, that Muriel Bowser, Democrat mayor of Washington, D.C., are calling on the federal government saying there's a humanitarian crisis because... A couple thousand migrants went up to their states. Yeah, migrants are flooding into Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California by the millions. By the millions. The border crisis getting so bad that even Democrats saying, okay, guy, maybe relax, maybe relax a little. The border crisis getting so bad that Joe Biden and Corrine Jean-Pierre filling in the gaps at the border wall, aka building the border wall, because that's how bad it's gotten. $13 billion a year under Joe Biden, the cartels are making. So our children are being targeted with propaganda. We as adults are being lied to every single day. And again, oftentimes I, I get tired and I'm like, I don't want to have to cut through the BS and the nonsense. I don't even want to have to do this anymore. But then I remember and realize that I'm fortunate enough to be able to sift through this news and actually sit here for hours and read through these articles and get down to the nuts and bolts of what's actually going on in this country. And that's not a luxury that everybody's awarded, right? Because you guys are working your nine to fives. You guys are the backbone of America, making sure everything's running fine and dandy that you're able to provide for your family during this recession. You guys aren't able to do the immense research that I luckily have been awarded with, like a lot of time in my day to, to research this, right? So it's like, this is why this is important because we are all being targeted so much. And even the Alex Jones trial was a great example of that. And that's why I had to bring on Robert Barnes because even in my own research of this, I can't even get down to the reality of what this trial entails, how Alex's constitutional rights are being violated because all you're going to read is left-wing propaganda and government propaganda about how he needs to be censored in silence because he's dangerous. 
And again, why is he so dangerous to the establishment? Because he's exposed them, because he has shown light upon their corruption. But every, every single time he speaks, this is, this is basically the media right here. This is, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Let's hear it one more time. This is, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, one more time from the uh, media that isn't bought and paid for one more time. This is, this is extremely, extremely dangerous to our democracy. Yeah, exactly. I love these compilations and people have created so many compilations like this of local news stations where they're all saying the exact same thing because the media is a propaganda piece, a propaganda arm for the government right now. And I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to put up for it. And I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that you guys always get the truth, whether it's Alex Jones, whether it's COVID-19 and the vaccine, whether it's TikTok and how these young kids are being targeted by this Chinese app and they're now... Um, gaining they're they're now uh, adopting nervous tics and, and they're now getting Tourette's from the usage of TikTok. Let me read this last article for you and we'll wrap the show here. This is from Human Events Daily. TikTok, Tourette's and nervous tics, how China has reprogrammed our girls. America's losing its next generation of leaders, inventors, doctors, business owners, entrepreneurs to the internet. And it's time you pull the plug before their brains are completely trapped behind their screens. The Communist Party of China's most popular spyware app, aimed especially at young girls' TikTok, is actually changing the minds of our children by conditioning their behavior. First, girls are spending countless hours glued to their phones, but then these young girls are actually developing new mental disorders. Yes, TikTok is giving girls mental problems. According to a new report from Christina buttons from the post-millennial girls spending too much time on tiktok are developing their own functional neurological disorders even developing functional tics as a result of the content that they're watching on the app this means that tiktok is successfully reshaping the behavior of young american girls i was even talking to one of my friends earlier today his mom's a teacher and he was saying that there's a trend that's being pushed out on tiktok where it's encouraging kids uh, young students to go and pull pranks on their teachers. And these pranks are getting so bad that teachers don't even want to come back for school, that teachers are quitting over this. And more importantly, it's just going to show how in, and people have said this too, how like in China, their TikTok, they're promoting content about doctors, about people who are successful, about new inventions, new creations, about a better society. And then what is being pushed here? What content is being pushed here in the United States? Transgender ideology, pulling pranks on your teachers at school to the point where you're making your teacher's life a living hell, dumbing down American citizens, uh, ushering in socialism and communism. We are being destroyed from the inside. And I've said this a trillion times before, and I'll say it again. America is a very strong country. We're a big country and we have to be destroyed from within. We have to be Trojan horsed. And that's exactly what the Chinese part Communist Party has done an incredible job of doing. They have infiltrated our university. They have infiltrated our social media apps. They have infiltrated the next generation and they're fundamentally reshaping our youth to the point where they're now starting to develop functional tics and neurological disorders. So please, everybody watching this show, if you have children, kick them off of TikTok, take away their phone on the weekend, or don't give them a phone at all. Save your children and save the next generation because that is the only way that we take back our country and that is the only way that we can push back against all of the propaganda that we are being faced with. We have to fortify our minds. We have to fortify our bodies. We have to help and raise and guide the next generation because the levels of propaganda are insane. They're absolutely crazy. Now, things aren't all bad. And last night, Arizona won big across the board for their primaries. Uh, Blake Master, Carrie Lake um, winning their the primaries, basically. So I think we're seeing an intense red wave. We are seeing an intense political shift right now because people are tired of the lies. People are tired of the propaganda. This isn't a political issue anymore. This isn't left versus right. This is an entire population pushing back against a corrupt government that is trying to destroy each and every single one of our lives and take away our rights, take away our freedoms, take away our ability to critically think for ourselves. But Luckily, not everybody is falling into it. Now, an 80-year-old uh, 
store owner in California was almost robbed, but because he had his second amendment, because the government hasn't deemed us all domestic terrorists yet, and we still have 2A, he was able to defend himself. And I want you to listen to this 80-year-old man's message of what we need to do and how we take back our country. There's a whole lot of people out there, they got no clue what it's like to try to run a small business. And when they're letting these people out, and we got bad people, let's face it, there's bad people. Bad people we don't need. We need to get them locked up because it's a scary situation when that happens. And uh, um, everybody works hard. They got bills to pay. These guys going to come in and take it away from you? Not here. So there you guys go. Really liked what this this business owner had to say. Really liked that he pushed back and he used his Second Amendment right to defend himself and his store. This lie that has been perpetuated and pushed by BLM and Antifa that your property isn't worth more than my life. Yeah, we need to get back to being a country where we start defending ourselves, we start defending our businesses, we start defending our property, and we put these spoiled, entitled children back in their place by educating them with the harsh reality of the fact that, yeah, if you come in and try to rob my store, you are going to potentially get shot in the arm because you can't just rob stores for free. That's not how a normal functioning society is supposed to work. And we need to start getting back to normalcy and we need to stop allowing the criminals at the upper echelons of society from taking away our fundamental rights, our fundamental freedoms, and our normal society. That's all I got for you guys today for this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thanks to Robert Barnes for coming on the show and talking to us about the more constitutional side of what is currently going on with Alex Jones. Please also remember as well that if you do like my show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me grow in the charts and I read every single review. You can also find it on Podbean, Spotify, my website, safsisofficial.com. Please also remember to follow me on Truth Social. The link is down below. I post all of my reporting there in live time. If you guys don't see me here on YouTube, I am on Truth Social posting there. So please go follow me on all of these platforms and go follow me on Rumble where I believe once a month I might start doing an exclusive rapid fire episode to Rumble because I'm tired of being censored on this platform. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in.